0: You are Locked On Padres, your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, September 1st. Wake me up when September ends. You're about to hear 150 different variations of that joke. For the rest of the day uh, on the internet today. So you're welcome, everybody. Uh, What's up? As always, it is your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball related work at places like Baseball, FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or Just Baseball, to which I am a staff writer for. Check out that website. Very, very good stuff and more stuff uh, coming down the line. If maybe by any chance pop culture, entertainment is your thing, I've also done stuff in those areas too at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Blade Disgusting film cred, and more, and hopefully many more to come. But most importantly, guys, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. On the LO Padres Twitter account, I actually put up a link tree, which links to everything, Also on the YouTube page, which if you guys are watching this on the YouTube page, thank you. Just started that up. This is the third episode that is going live on YouTube. It's very exciting. It actually has really kind of rejuvenated my excitement for everything, honestly, in covering this team. Uh, And it's been fun to cover them because they've been winning lately, too. But um, be sure to check out that stuff. Be sure to subscribe and do all that stuff. I'd greatly appreciate that. And in terms of today's episode, guys, we are brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Three. You ever heard of the Spotify green room? It's it's it's, it's a very cool place, let me tell you. Uh, download the app and join me uh, and other Locked On hosts. Uh, just search it up on one of our Locked On rooms. It should be a lot of fun. We host them every week. Uh, just kind of live chats and whatnot to talk about baseball in, in this case. Uh, and for today's episode, guys, most importantly, a little bit of a weird kind of... Uh, intro at the beginning here. Like I said, I'm still getting used to the whole being on video live uh, whole portion of this whole thing, but uh, hopefully you're enjoying it so far. We're going to be talking about last night's game against the Arizona Diamondbacks, in which the Padres won, giving a game recap, and then I'm definitely going to want to talk a little bit more in depth about Blake Snell. That's right. He's going to get a little bit more of a section dedicated entirely to him because he was magnificent last night against the Diamondbacks. And then for the end of the podcast, going to be talking about uh, Dennis Lynn of The Athletic, did a little bit of a QA and a and I thought that he answered a bunch of questions touching on a bunch of different topics, and I actually am going to do a two-parter of this segment. Does that make any sense? So we're going to do part one of some of the interesting responses that I think Dennis Lynn of The Athletic had, who's beat reporter on the team, very good guy, uh, very smart guy. He usually is very on point with a lot of stuff, so I want to go over some of the answers he said and kind of, you know, Back it up or add on whatever I sort of my opinions on the team and those questions might be. So we'll get into that. Have a really fun comp that I want to talk about for Blake Snell, but uh, let's get into it, guys. Let's start with the game recap, as always. Last night, your San Diego Padres been playing a little bit better, at least for a couple games now. Uh, they win the game three to nothing. Three to nothing. And why? Because that was on the back of Sir Blake Snell. We'll discuss some more in the next segment. But final line, seven innings no runs, no hits. Ladies and gentlemen, new segment now. Let's get that rallycopter going. That's right. Get the rally going, ladies and gentlemen. Look at him. Look at my guy right here. I'm slinging. It, I'm slinging. It. Uh, for all my audio listeners, I'm sorry. Well, you better check out the YouTube. I mean, come on. It's the new thing to do. Uh, that's going to be happening every time the Padres have uh, this really exciting development. In this case, it's Blake Snell. He also has 10 strikeouts. He gets 10 strikeouts a night across 107 pitches. He was lights out. He was lights out, and I'm going to talk about him in more depth in the second segment, so we'll leave it at that. But bottom line is this was really key, considering that the Paddy's bullpen has been used up every now and then. Even yesterday's game, in which Paddock was pretty good, uh, he did only go four and two-thirds, so it was nice to see him step up. They've really needed guys to go deeper into games, especially over the uh, last month, ever since July 30th, that very cursed day Um that they've just been having so many bullpen games, games, especially with Ryan Weathers, struggles, especially with the struggles of you, Darvish, especially with the struggles of whoever the heck they have to put in there. You know what I mean? So it was very nice to see Blake Snell follow up his performance from last week in which he pitched against the Dodgers, went seven, two thirds, Right. Uh, it, it did very well. touch strikeouts in that game as well. For him to follow this up was absolutely magnificent. Uh, the other major thing in this game that I also think needs to be mentioned is Mr. Manny Machado. He hits a home run in this game, two-run home run, in the top of the fifth inning, which basically accounts for, well, two-thirds of the Padres' offense uh, to 391 feet to deep left. Manny Machado's been due, man. Manny Machado's been due. I talked about this recently about how, you know, Hosmer, he's the one getting all the hate. Because... If, see, in a vacuum, Eric Hosmer hasn't necessarily been the worst player as of late and isn't the the reason that the Padres have had this fall from grace over the second half of the season. In fact, it's actually guys like Tommy Pham and Adam Frazier and a little bit of Manny Machado, believe it or not, that have been really causing that, But and as well as the Tatis injury. But um, Eric Hosmer, uh, it's just, you know he's it's it's because of the contract that's what it is with Eric Hosmer. I've slurred my words a little bit there but it's because of the contract It's because of expectations the fact that if you got some other guy someone who didn't cost nearly as much get a Jesus Aguilar over at Miami who leads the league in RBIs heck give me a give me a not even a Luke Voyer and Anthony Rizzo those guys are obvious but just give me a decent first baseman it's probably more valuable than what Eric Cosby is giving you given his enormous contract that doesn't end until like 2026 but so that's why we always are harping on Eric Hosmer but Manny Machado has actually not been very good since July 30th his WRC plus which is a good stat for measuring um offense for uh, people who are very familiar with baseball those who are not you know above 100 is, is good usually it means that you're a certain percentage better than the average player and then if you're below it you're worse man which i was hovering around like 80 for a while so he was 20 percent worse offensively than most uh players thankfully he did make up with it with the glove but i am hoping that this is gonna kick start things like i said we are in september now wake me up when it ends i'm gonna keep making that joke i love green day i should have worn a green day shirt well, technically, this was an August 31st game, so tomorrow's episode, guys. Uh, stay tuned. I'll be wearing my Green Day shirt. But um, uh, Manny Machado, I'm hoping that this is going to kickstart a, a rampage month for him. He needs to finish strong. He's had a very good season, you know, four around a four, hovering around a four... Uh, um, war wins a pub replacement type of player, which is very, very good, borderline kind of all star player. But I want him to have that like stretch where he's like, I'm the best third baseman in the league. He hasn't really had moments like that this year. He hasn't had those moments where he's just been consistent. He's been a very good player, but he hasn't had that like one week, two week stretch where he has like five homers and seven games, including a big one, maybe a walk off hit or anything like that. He hasn't had many moments. It's almost like it's a very statistically impressive season versus a statistically and just memorable season, if that makes any sense. I think you guys might know what I'm saying. But uh, also in this game that deserves to be mentioned is Mark Melanson picks up the save. I mentioned this on Twitter that sometimes people give him some crap because he makes you nervous. He does allow two hits in his one inning uh, picking up the save, but he also strikes out three and doesn't allow any runs, which is great. His ERA is now 1.95 on the year. He's been closing a ton of games, saving a bunch of games, not as many as of late because the Padres have been... They haven't had any leads to hold, but he's been very good. And I mentioned on Twitter, just because he ain't Trevor Hoffman, just because he's not Josh Hader, just because he's not Mariana Rivera does not mean that you discount Mark And Yes, he makes you nervous, but bottom line, the results are there, and he's been producing, and he didn't cost anything. You look at preseason – uh, everybody wanted them to re-sign Trevor Rosenthal, who was very good in the second half for the Padres, one of the best closures in baseball, actually, in the second half, striking out everybody 100-mile-per-hour pitches. He was great. But instead of paying that $11 million, $18 million, or whatever it was that Oakland paid for him uh, for this year, they opted to go the cheaper route and get a bunch of different relievers instead of just one, which I think was a great strategy, and clearly it has paid dividends for this team. Uh, and I love it. This is a really nice moment. Like I said, get that rallycopter going. I'm gonna keep this going. We're gonna keep this bit going as long as I can. Uh, hopefully, it's a sign of of good things to come for the Padres in every respect. So very good game for the Padres. I enjoyed it. It was very exciting, considering that Blake Snell's been on fire. But before we talk about more in depth, uh, Blake Snell, how Much of an incredible turnaround he's had in the second half of the season. I want to talk to you guys about the old Spotify Green Room, which this episode is brought to you by. It is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I will be hosting teams, uh, or I should say rooms, for the Lockdown Padres team uh, once a week. Yes, that's right. You can join in on the conversations, guys. What I love about Green Room is it's very easy to access. You just download the app, and then you just join a room, and then you just talk or type in little chat messages. There's there's post-game breakdowns, watch parties, everything. Real-time insiders are part of this. It's really, really cool stuff. So, guys, join me there. Uh, download the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Follow me on the Green Room app at Javier Reyes. Uh, to be notified when my room goes live. You'll definitely want to have that notification pop up. Uh, I know you won't want to miss it. Uh, Spotify Green Room changing the way we talk sports. And now, ladies and gentlemen, let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. You know, I don't, I don't want to rest, okay? You know why? Because you know who hasn't been resting lately? Blake Snow. He's been absolutely on fire heading into this game. Heading into this game ladies and gentlemen, I have I have a couple stats. Okay, I have a couple numbers for you. Last 5 starts not including last night's game, Blake Snell had a 2.12 ERA with a 2.94 xFIP and 2.96 FIP. Now, ERA is the obvious thing, they're very impressive, but the FIP numbers are good. FIP is basically a number for field independent uh pitching basically like it takes a, takes out of the equation your ERA from it, and it basically views your ERA in this in the scheme of kind of being like, forget the defensive players. Say you have a really good defensive team that makes a bunch of good plays for you, and forget that if you're say in a pitcher-friendly ballpark, it kind of uses that to give you a more accurate expectation of what their ERA is. And 2.94 xFIP and 2.96 FIP to you know kind of summarize this all quickly. The mumbo jumbo is very good. It's very good. Blake Snell has been pitching. Awesome lately, and also what I liked in this game is, unlike one of the big problems with Blake Snell, is that he tends to not go super deep into games. He tends to get really up there in the pitch count, and sometimes they have to take him out really early, but let me tell you, he has been grinding. It's almost like they told him that they needed him to grind, All right, Let's look at the last bunch of starts that he's had tonight, as I mentioned, he finished with, let me just make sure I get this right, 107 pitches, and before then, against the Dodgers, he had 122, against the Phillies, 92, Arizona the week before, 101, Arizona the week before that, 108, and at Oakland, 105, he's been reached out of, so basically... If I'm not mistaken here, uh, five of the last six starts, he's approached, or um, not even approached, he's gone over the 100 pitch count, which is very, very good considering that early on in the year. We've had uh, moments with Blake Snell this year where he didn't even go, you know, uh, like past the first inning. Uh, Pittsburgh Pirates start early on in the year. And now we're starting to see the Snellzilla might be back. Ladies and gentlemen, he might he might just be back. His ERA is even lower now uh, over the last six starts, like I just mentioned before with the last five and add six now to this. And by the way, it's not just against bad teams. He did do one of them against the Dodgers. He did give up a home run to Will Smith, uh, a solo shot that ended up being... You know the the game tying home run. We all know what happened with that 16 inning nightmare. Uh, but in general, Blake Snell has been just so phenomenal. I mean, he hasn't given up any, given up more than three runs in a start since July 28th against the Oakland A's, which is a decent team by the way. Uh, he went five innings against the A's, only gave up one run. Against Arizona, he struck out 13. Against Arizona again, only two runs. Against Philly, not a terrible team but not particularly great team. Still only gave up three runs in that one. He was still pretty solid. Um, And what I like about it the best is this. It's not just for some reason it's working. He's not just on a hot streak, at least in my opinion. I genuinely believe this is an astonishing story. The Snellzilla might be back, ladies and gentlemen. You know why? Because if you look at some of his numbers, what I find so interesting about uh, Blake Snell this season is that He has shown, ever since Larry Rothschild got fired, that's one thing, right? And Larry Rothschild was fired uh, last week, I believe. And then that's when Blake Snell turned in his Dodgers performance. But then you look at his pitch mix. He has basically gone away from, over the last five or so starts, using his changeup and curveball as much as he did before, which were pitches that aren't like the worst curveball and changeups in the league, but they were clearly getting him killed. They were the pitches that oftentimes he was giving up and seeding home runs on. Right, not necessarily, you know, that he wasn't generating whiffs, but guys were launching just bombs off of him. One of the team's uh, players, the Dimebacks' best players, Catel marte actually did that the last time they played, or at least one of the last times they played. I forgot which one it was. I don't have it in front of me, but um, he's basically banned those pitches entirely. All right, just to look at really quickly, uh, if I'm not mistaken, like I said, this is what happens when you're doing YouTube, guys. You got to make sure that you have a. Uh, Everything pulled up in the moment. But um, over the last bunch of starts, he barely uses his changeup or curveball at all, like I said, and is focused exclusively on his four-seam fastball and slider. Opponents are not hitting it. It looks nasty. He looks confident. Yes, there's a couple times he does have that problem with being one of the more inefficient pitchers in baseball. It takes a lot of pitches to get out of an inning, Blake Snell. Um, But nonetheless, as long as he's being productive, it's kind of cool. You see basically uh, basically since July... I mean, it's a sharp decline for his curveball and changeup. The changeup basically he never throws. Curveball is a pitch that he throws like maybe nine times a game or what have you, you know, maybe as a wipeout sort of pitch. Uh, but in terms of everything else, man, he loves using that slider. And that's good because guys like Joe Musgrove, guys like Denil Lamet, some other guys on the Padres have wipeout sliders too. So I like that Blake Snell has kind of followed in that tradition. So I'm wondering if this isn't just a mirage, if this is just genuinely he's pitching really well. One comp that I have for Blake Snell, actually, that I was kind of thinking of was, I was wondering if this guy was Sonny Gray. Here's what I mean by that. Sonny Gray, when he got traded from the, I think he was on the A's, and then, this is a few years ago, got traded to the Yankees, he was awful. He was like a 2.4-ish, 2-point, around like mid-2-point ERA, and then he got to the Yankees and had like a 5. And he was a disaster, fans were booing him. I mean, he was genuinely, and I mean genuinely, Uh, a mess for the Yankees and then all of a sudden he leaves and goes to the Reds and becomes at minimum an average decent pitcher and that's kind of what happens uh with him and now all of a sudden you know he's he's really good for the Reds right now which is a team that we're hoping to outpace in the win column and Blake Snell I was wondering is he the new Sonny Gray a guy that changes uh scenery changes the different teams he goes from Tampa to San Diego and then all of a sudden he just can't pitch properly right And you know what's one common denominator Larry Rothschild, who was fired, like I mentioned, he was with the Yankees, and they let him go. So did the Yankees know something? Did the Yankees know that Larry Rothschild was just not getting the job done? You know what I'm saying? And it, it, it does beg the question, given how much better Blake Snell has been of late, especially uh, over the last five starts and what have you, and is he turning his season around? The team needs it, man. I mean, the team desperately, desperately needs good starting pitching, and look, I'll take a – it's better late than never. It's still a little bit of a lost season for Blake Snell given how much of the season he was so unbearable. He wasn't just a meh pitcher, guys. I've said this many times on the podcast. He was unbearably bad, you know what I mean, for, for a lot of the season. It's not like he was, say, a, a Jordan Montgomery. It's not like he was, say, you know, just an average, average major league pitcher. You know what I mean? A guy who will eat up innings for you and occasionally look good and occasionally not look good. Just an average pitcher. No, he was like one of the worst starting pitchers in the league, and especially considering that he was the number two in the Padres rotation heading into the season. Um, And now he's more of a number three. But he's been pitching like a number one lately. And it's huge because, I mean, I just can't stress enough, guys. They have really tough teams coming up. They're going to have a Houston series this weekend. And if this is legit, If him using more of his four-seam fastball and slider, to which he generated seven whiffs on with the fastball tonight, and then eight uh, whiffs with his slider, which are very solid numbers, not incredible astounding Corbin Burns, Jacob deGrom numbers, but nonetheless they're impressive, and I don't care that's against the Dimebacks, because every team was hitting Blake Snell for most of this year, so I'm hoping that this means that Blake Snell is genuinely heading in the right direction, and I think there's reasons to be encouraged. It's like five, six straight starts where he's been solid. This is not a mirage, guys. This might be a late-season push from Blake Snell, and hopefully, hopefully, maybe it means some hope, man. Maybe it means some hope. I wore a different shirt today, as I always do. It's hard to tell, actually, what it is. It's actually a Cowboy Bebop reference for Billy. This is Ed doing a little ha <laughs> ha laugh. If anybody's ever seen Cowboy Bebop show is coming to Netflix, by the way, the live action. Be sure to watch the anime before that comes out. I think it might be a banger. Uh, Or at least it might be solid. I don't know. Netflix live adaptations aren't always good necessarily. But definitely watch the anime. But one thing I can guarantee you guys that is good. You ever heard of these things before? They are the best protein bars in all the land, not just in San Diego, not just in New Jersey where I'm from, but everywhere. They are, of course, the Built Bars, ladies and gentlemen. Soft and easy to chew, covered in 100% chocolate, and my favorite part. All sorts of flavors. They've got these puff balls. They've got these coconut. They've got cherry barcia, raspberry, grasshopper cookie, rocky road, cookies and cream, German chocolate. They have all sorts of flavors, and they pop up different new ones all the time, like raspberry cheesecake. They're probably gonna have with the fall. They're probably gonna have their uh, you know carrot cake or some pumpkin flavor coming out soon because you gotta get in on those fall trends. Let me tell you. And built bar, they just don't miss with these flavors, man. Trust me, super delicious. And on top of that, they are protein bars, which means they are healthy for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein calories ranging from 130 to 180 only four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams net carbs amazing flavors all tasty all healthy so what are you guys waiting for go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your next order right that is promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com and now guys one more quick thing i gotta mention i want to tell you about a simple way to get all of the entertainment you love without the hassle. That is Direct TV Stream. It brings you live TV and on-demand favorites like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at uh, directtv.com for more details and whatnot. That's directtv.com, guys. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, ladies and gentlemen. This is a good episode. It's been the most happy I've been in a while, to be honest with you. One, because I'm so happy to be doing this YouTube. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's actually rejuvenated my energy quite a bit. Uh, just all it's, it's keeping me in check. That's really what the issue is here. Because you guys know I can be a little bit of a crazy one. You guys know I can be, I can be an absolute insufferable just jerk. So this thing keeps me in check. It puts a little microphone on me. Keep the people in power in check, I guess you could say. Uh, Always question power. Uh, But anyway, guys, for the last segment of the show, I just want to talk about a couple little observations that I saw in Dennis Lynn's Q&A at The Athletic that I thought were interesting, or at least worthy of just giving my input on as well. Uh, And then we'll be talking about more of his answers that he gave uh, on tomorrow's episode, or maybe Friday's, uh, probably just tomorrow's episode. Friday's episode, we'll talk about what you can expect for that one in just a little bit. But uh, one of the questions was, hey, Dennis, Does Kevin Copps get a September call-up? That's spelled Kevin uh, and then K-O-P-P-S. He said, It seems unlikely, including his pro debut, he is approaching 100 innings this year. Before 2021, he had never thrown more than 49 innings in a college season. Then again, the Padres, a month ago, never expected they would be signing Jake Arrieta. But with Copps, I would think he's on track more for next year. I agree. There's a slight chance, maybe, that if things go poorly, that Kevin Copps makes some sort of an appearance. But, however, remember, not only is just Blake Snell pitching well, we've got Joe Musgrove. Yu Darvish is also back from the IL. This is not an indication necessarily saying that I think he's been great ever since he got uh, off the IL. Yu Darvish has been anything but an ace for the last like month plus. Maybe month and a half, dare I say. He's been very, very mediocre, uh, Mr. Udarvish, but they also just got Chris Paddock back. You're hoping to maybe get Denelson Lemet back at some point. So the fact that you have more arms coming together and you're not just two arms deep, uh, by default means that you might not see, uh, in my opinion, a call-up for Kevin Copps, at least in my opinion. So I do agree with Kevin Copps there. Maybe they'll call up someone like Reese Kinnear, who has played uh, pitch for the team before. Not necessarily super effective, but it's about just getting innings and hoping that you can avoid those disastrous Ryan Weathers starts. So I do agree with uh, Dennis Lynn. I do expect that um, that's what might happen. Although maybe with Ryan Weathers, there might be an innings limit on him too. I don't know for sure. Uh, We'll have to see, but I do agree with Dennis Lynn. Next question that he answered was, will we go after a top starting pitcher in the offseason? This one was a good one. Um, He says, anything seems possible with the Seidler-Preller duo, which is the team owner and A.J. Preller, the warlock, of course. But this could depend on a few things. First, the CBA expires December 1st. We don't know what the new rules will look like, including in the area of spending and luxury tax penalties, whatever form that takes. The Padres will be looking to shed the contract of Eric Hosmer and or Will Myers. They could use the flexibility to address their needs, starting with the rotation, provided they can do that. And that will continue to be a big if I could see them spending handsomely for a boost. This is tricky for me. This is tricky for me. I think a lot depends on what he just mentioned with Hosmer and Myers. Now, Myers will be an expiring contract after next season, meaning that you into next year. It's like, all right, you get one last year of Myers. It's not necessarily killing you. Um, And he actually this is going to – Hosmer comes up again in a second, so I'm going to leave my thoughts on him for a sec. But um, I would be very curious to see who exactly is on the block. Is a Chris Paddock, Ryan Weathers – Luis Campuzano, Yu Darvish are those guys potentially? That's right, even Yu Darvish. I'm wondering, Yu Darvish costs a lot of money. He's not getting any younger. Would the Padres, with a couple other things, want to move want to move him? I don't know. All I know is basically this is my real take: is aside from like the main core of guys, your Tatis, your Musgrove, you know, your your Manny Machado's, your Grisham's, your your Cronenworths, I just think we should be used to the fact that AJ Peller is a madman and he can make trades at any. Second and involving anybody, at least in my opinion. I, I, so, so I would be very much uh, curious to see what they do there. Now, that's the other thing is there's are a lot of decent arms on the market this off season. If I'm not mistaken, both Clayton Kershaw and Max Scherzer are free agents. Um, but I expect Kershaw to re up with the Dodgers, so that one doesn't really count. But there's some interesting free agents, and hey. Look what the Padres did last offseason. They were able to capitalize on a market that wasn't necessarily able to navigate as well as the Padres were and buy low on starting pitchers. Granted, those were trades, that allowed them to acquire you Darvish, Blake Snell, and Joe Musgrove. But nonetheless, it still counts, and I still think it should be talked about. I'm very curious to see. I think all this depends on Eric Hosmer, and if they can get rid of that huge contract, that will make them a little bit more uh, viable to spend. So I definitely agree with Dennis Lynn again. And that leads to the last question. Hey, Dennis, do you think we still try to move Hosmer this offseason, given the huge stink the rumors of this move seem to have made at the deadline? He says, I certainly expect them to try again. Hosmer expects it, too. That's an important note in this. And if the Padres succeed in pulling it off, it probably would be best for both parties. Hosmer now knows the team wants to move on. No player wants to be in this situation. Again, though, the CBA negotiations could complicate this, and it's been shown that no one has much interest in taking out Hosmer's contract. It will continue to be a challenge. 100%. 100%. Like, I love that I basically just, this whole segment would be agreeing with Dennis Lidd, Uh, but I do agree. I think that, and that's another thing. Uh, I've, I've tried my best almost not to talk about the CBA stuff uh, on this podcast just because brace up, ladies and gentlemen. The CBA this offseason is going to be rough. At the fall. I mean forget I mean forget the CBA for a second. Hall of Fame discourse is going to be a mess, and I'll be giving my takes on that later at some point, because I actually think it's a general baseball uh, topic, with Kurt Schilling and his last year, with Barry Bonds, if I'm not mistaken, his last year, and then David Ortiz and Alex Rodriguez, both semi, well, one of them, the latter, Rodriguez, being a lot more tied to PEDs, while Big Papi, I'm a fan of his. Despite hating Boston, I am a fan of David Ortiz, but he kind of skirted past that issue a little bit, and we kind of just moved on, so he was a little bit smart about it, to be honest with you, but that's going to be a big question mark, and I'm, it's it's just going to be, the discourse is going to be maddening, and the CBA, guys, it's not out of the realm of possibility that we miss a good portion of next season. I, I mean, the, the negotiations between both the players and the owners, as evidenced by just the 2020 season, they're just not on the right page. They're not on the same page in, in the slightest. They're not on the same book. You know, they're not even on the same book, so I would definitely keep that in mind. That's a great point to bring up. And in terms of Hosmer, I mean... Reportedly, uh, they they were sh- willing to deal like significant prospects like Luis Campizano, their top um, catcher prospect, in order to move Eric Hosmer. My opinion, like I said earlier, he hasn't been the worst player on the team over this really bad stretch, but in, that's in a vacuum. And when you take into account his contract, he's an absolute disaster. So I do think he raises a good point, though. If Hosmer knows it. Then it just seems like this might be the best thing that happened for both parties. My question is, who could do it? You'd have to give up Hosmer and a prospect to a rebuilding team. That's the big issue here. And what's a rebuilding team? Maybe the Rangers. But the Rangers, I was hoping they would do it for Joey Gallo, who went to the Yankees. So I don't know exactly what the Pirates would be getting in return uh, if they were to give up Eric Hosmer. Is it just a total just salary dump? Because that really tells you how much that what they think of Eric Hosmer right, you know, it's it's like that, that uh, moment in Moneyball, when um, David Justice uh, is talking to Brad Pitt, being like, well, you pay me, you know, 16 million bucks, so, yeah, I kind of think I am special, and then he's like, no, I ain't paying you 16 million bucks. The Yankees are paying you that. That's what the New York think, Yankees think of you. They're paying you to play against them. You know what I mean? Like that whole line, that might be a situation we walk into with Eric Cosmer where they're, we're paying maybe some of the salary. I imagine we might have to pay some of the salary in order to get rid of him. That's how bad of a contract this is. So I'm curious to see. That's going to be probably the, I would argue, one of the number one storylines actually for the Padres this offseason is what they do with Eric Hosmer. Um just how they're able to move him. Unless he, for some reason, the Padres go on a miracle run and Eric Hosmer becomes like a postseason hero and they're like, ah, screw it. We don't care. We're not like we'll try and maybe move him, but it's not nearly a prop, uh, a high, you know, um, what's what's the word? high priority anymore, um, but I, I would love to see. That'd be hilarious. Could you imagine the Padres just go on this like dream Cinderella story run and Eric Hosmer bats like 400 for the playoffs. He goes Randy Arena from last year, uh, but that's unlikely, and I also think that it's somewhat unlikely that they're able to get rid of him. Nobody wants this contract, man. I can't think of a team. D-backs? You got to look at rebuilding teams that are willing to take on some of this salary, and then maybe you give them a a nice prospect in return, but I don't necessarily think the Pirates should be dealing prospects because I like having that flexibility with your roster, given that it's been such a disappointment of a team uh, as we've seen over the last month. And they might not even make the playoffs still. So it's going to be tricky. uh, But Hey, if anyone can do it, it is indeed a J Preller, the warlock guys. And before we wrap up today's episode I want to talk to you about a podcast that is very important. Look, betting on the padres, betting on the playoffs and who's gonna make it, it doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag, wherever you get your podcast. Guys, it was a good episode. I think it was a pretty good episode. I'm excited. Get the rally going. Two games, two wins for the Padres. They haven't been able to play uh, well against the D-backs basically all, or not all season, but as of late, they get no hit by Tyler Gilbert. But now they're winning a couple games. Blake Snell's looking like what we traded for him for uh, in the offseason. Maybe there's a little momentum. Maybe we got ourselves a little bit of rally. This is the dumbest bit I've done yet. But uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed also the YouTube version of this podcast. Be sure to follow that and all that. And, uh, yeah, uh, next uh, next episode, we're going to be talking a little bit more of Dennis Lynn's questions from the Q&A, as well as recapping this final game of the D-back set that actually is happening a little bit early. It's not a night game, uh, so we'll probably maybe get an episode up a little bit earlier. I don't know, because I have a lot of work to do tomorrow, including my fantasy football draft, which I'm so amped for. Um, yeah. Uh, so stay tuned for that. And then Friday, we're probably going to be doing a crossover with the Lockdown Astros guys. Talking about this weekend series that should be a lot of, lot of fun. It'll be my first YouTube crossover. So you guys get introduced to the faces of some different people uh, that you might not be familiar with. Uh, so yeah, good. the good times are, there's still hope. You got to have hope, man. Rebellions are built on hope. As Jane Urso said in the, the popular movie, Star Wars, Rogue One. Uh, But anyway, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Uh, Be sure to follow the Twitter page for the show or myself on Twitter or subscribe to the YouTube channel. Please do that, Lockdown Padres. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. Come My cry faithful homies, take care.